Welcome back to the show, everyone. It's Dina Calmetti here and Susan Davis with Jesus 24-7. And today's topic is Love Conquers Sin. Susan, that title sounds excellent. I can't wait to hear more about this topic. Well, this is a very important topic, and it's, you know, it's one that a lot of people talk about. There's so much talk about sin in the body, the Christian body, and, you know, what is the perspective on sin? God literally says, uh, you know, I am holy, you be holy. So what does that mean exactly? Because most people don't really know what that means. But, you know, we're going to take a look at that today. We're going to take a look at what it means. And let's just, you know, the thing is, most Christians understand that God eliminated the old covenant of the law through the crucifixion of Christ and ushered in a new covenant. But the lukewarm church would have you believe that now that there is a new covenant, anything goes. Do whatever you want. So you're a Christian, so just go out into the world and blend. And so what happened to holiness, righteousness, wrinkle-free, stain-free robes? I mean, is everyone that says they're a Christian going in the rapture? Should Christians watch R-rated movies alongside secular people? And should Christians use the Lord's name casually all the time? I mean, do Christians need to read their Bibles? Or what should they do? I mean, if you just watch Christian movies and listen to Christian music, go to church once or twice a month, attend a church potluck dinner, is that all you need to do? Can you go to work and help your boss cheat on his taxes? I mean, you have to work, right? So there's so many questions when people come to know the Lord and and say they're a Christian, right, Dina? Yes. You know, some of these questions come to mind. Okay, well, now what do I do? So the prophets promised a new covenant that would be different, that it would not be of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. And that's from 2 Corinthians 3, 6. But what does that mean exactly? So what happened to the Ten Commandments? Did they get dumped? Like so many confused, lukewarm churches seem to think. Well, they didn't actually get dumped. They got moved to the heart. And we find that in the scripture in Hebrews 8.10. Let's take a look at that. It says, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts. And I will be to them a God and they will be to me a people. So what in the world does that mean? Well, the lukewarm church can't tell you because they are lukewarm. Only the bride of Christ gets it. Because of intimacy, the lukewarm church is not intimate with God. It's the full surrender, full oil lamp that moves those laws to the heart. And so, you know, we need to get rid of our lukewarm status and give our lives over to the Lord completely and fully. And let him move his commandments to our hearts. Because it's only love that will ever give you the desire to want to follow him. And no one ever finds love in a lukewarm relationship. In Jeremiah 31 and 31 through 34, it says, I will make a new covenant. This is the covenant that I will make. I will put my law within them, and I will remember their sin no more. And then in Jeremiah 32, 40, it goes on to say, I will make with them an everlasting covenant. I will put the fear of me in their hearts that they may not turn from me. 
So, Dina, the Lord gave me a kind of revelation, and I want to share it. And it's, you know, it was in preparing notes for a retreat that I was doing. The Lord gave me a personal revelation, and I had never made the connection before, but in the same way, God symbolically tore the veil in the temple when Christ died, which signified that Christ had become our high priest and changing the whole system around for the need for animal sacrifice and the high priest to administer it. God gave me another huge symbolic representation of what Christ accomplished, the faithful time in history that he died on the cross. The Lord showed me that when Christ was resurrected, Christ accomplished something that no one else could do. Jesus Christ rolled back the heavy stone tablet of the law brought to the people by Moses and replaced it with the new covenant an open door through his sacrifice and resurrection. Jesus replaced the heavy stone tablets, the heavy stone over the sepulcher, and bought freedom for us. The new covenant then enabled Jesus to send us the availability of the Holy Spirit when we choose by our own free will to be in the will of the Father, surrender fully to Jesus as our Lord and Master, who comes to dwell within us and make us the home of God. And so the Bible is clear. The Ten Commandments were not dispensed with because Jesus says, if you keep my commandments, you love me. The difference is that the heavy stone tablets were moved from the cold stone that Moses carried into the hearts of the true surrendered believers. So that when the Holy Spirit is invited to dwell with a believer, it is the Holy Spirit in us because we die to ourselves who enables the believer to do the formerly impossible in the flesh, which is to keep God's commandments. But the believer has to make a full and total surrender or the transaction is not complete. A lukewarm position only keeps the believer trying to perform the commandments in the weak flesh, apart from the full power of the Holy Spirit. So that's like having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, and the power thereof is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit once said to me that we are like lifeless shirts until the Holy Spirit comes in and puts on that shirt and brings it to life. And so praise the Lord, we need the Holy Spirit and all his power. And the lukewarm desperately need the Holy Spirit to lay down their affections with the world and the inferior alternative to a full-on relationship with their creator. And so, you know, the question comes, how does this work exactly with sin? You know, there's only one way to conquer sin, and it's with love. And we see this so much with the story of Joseph in the Old Testament. And I just want to talk briefly about him. I'm talking about Joseph that goes all the way back to Egypt. His brothers threw him into a pit. And what happened next is they sold him and he was taken to Egypt. And not in too long, he was given over to a high-ranking Egyptian named Potiphar. And he became, you know, he was a servant and he did a lot of work in the household of Potiphar. Well, Potiphar had a wife. She was very attracted to Joseph because your impression of Joseph in the Bible is that he was, you know, a very handsome individual. And she was, you know, very attracted to him and she was coming on to him and she made her move, I think, one time when Potiphar was away. And 
this is probably one of the most famous scenes in the Bible when Joseph, you know, turns to her and basically says, how can I sin against my God? And he runs off and leaves the shirt in her hand, you know, that she's trying to take off of him. And but see, the, the thing is, Joseph, I mean, this is the point where we see Joseph, the character, as an individual of great integrity. I mean, he literally runs from sin. He didn't give in to it. And why? What was the overlying thing that kept him from sin? It wasn't even like a legalistic discipline. It was the love that he had for God. And so that's the key. The key is love. And so, like I said before, there's only one way to truly conquer sin, and it's love. So when Jesus went to earth to die for humanity, God gave his ultimate gift, his own life for our sin. As the veil in the temple was torn, and we received the ability to walk where only the high priest could formally go into the Holy of Holies to have a relationship with God himself, you know, now you can enter the Holy of Holies by surrendering to the Lord, acknowledging the price he paid on the cross, and to have the privilege to surrender your personal will to the will of the Father, and to receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Well, by having a love relationship with the Lord, by reading his word, by the power of the Spirit, and by talking with him through the day, God comes into your heart, and he writes his laws on your heart. And for the first time, you begin to understand that you no longer want to sin against and hurt the one you love so much. So without that love relationship, the flesh can never conquer sin on its own. The motive to stop sinning isn't great enough without the intimate relationship with the Lord. Without that closeness, there is no incentive to desire to stop sinning. So the lukewarm commitment will never create the burning heart desire to being totally devoted to the greatest love men will ever know. Now, see, you've got to let Jesus write his truth on your heart and to fill your cup with the love that is inexplicable. So let's take a look at some scriptures. I really want to support what I'm saying with scriptures. So if we go to 2 Corinthians 3.3, 3, which is Paul's writing, it says, For as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshy tables of the heart. And then Psalm 48 says, I delight to do your will, O God. O my God, your law is within my heart. Proverbs 3.3 says, Never let loving devotion or faithfulness leave you. Bind them around your neck and write them on the tablet of your heart. Proverbs 7.3 says, Tie them to your fingers. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And as I said before, Jeremiah 31, 33 says, but this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, declares the Lord, I will put my law in their minds and inscribe it on their hearts and I will be their God. They will be my people. Ezekiel eleven nineteen says, and I will give them a singleness of heart and put a new spirit within them. I will remove their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. 
Ezekiel 36, 26 says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. 2 Corinthians 3, 6, it says, And he has qualified us as ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. And, of course, Hebrews 8, 10 says, For this is the covenant I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds and inscribe them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Okay, what is all this scripture saying? It's basically saying that what God has done is changed everything up, has given us a love relationship with Jesus Christ. And so when we get close to Jesus and we fall in love with him, then and only then do we desire that love relationship more than the sin that we have been formerly bound by. And so what is the draw to walk away from sin? The draw is that we cherish Jesus more than the sin. And the draw is strong because it's the Holy Spirit within us. And he comes in when we make a full surrender to him. And, you know, you can't, you can't do something unless you cherish it. And so by cherishing Jesus, we have a much stronger pull, focus on loving Jesus than sinning. And we don't want to sin against the one we love. We don't want to hurt the one we love so much. And so without that deep knowing of Jesus as the bride of Christ, the sin will will never have the motive to walk away from sin. Yeah, you will have a legalistic desire, and you'll do it through your own strength, and you won't succeed. But if you surrender to the Lord, and you develop this intimate relationship with Him, it is by the drawing of the Holy Spirit toward Jesus that we acknowledge, you know, the greatness of Christ, the beauty of Christ, the love of Christ in our life, and by knowing him how? Through talking to him through prayer and through reading the Bible, we begin to understand why he doesn't want us to sin, that it's really more for our own good that we stop. But when we sin, there will be this tug on our heart that we have hurt the one we love so much, and that is what will cause the sin to be shut down. And there's really no other better way. And God has written it in his book. And so the lukewarm church can't get this because they lack that intimate, close relationship with Jesus. What they have is religion and it's cold and unfeeling. And it just isn't, doesn't pack the punch of the Holy Spirit coming into your life. And so therefore, the lukewarm church will continue to struggle with sin and find it difficult uh, to overcome it. And so that's why the key to, you know, being delivered of sin, which is including everything you can think of, addictions, just all types of sin, cannot be conquered without that great love and that relationship with Christ. And that's the whole purpose of, you know, what God wanted to accomplish through what Jesus did for us on the cross. And so I think that just about wraps it for me on this topic, Dina. Excellent topic, Susan. Thank you so much for giving us all that information and um, kind of sharing the heart of God. So thank you. And for all of you out there, thank you for tuning in. We want to hear from you, so please do leave your comments below this video. In addition, you'll be able to find this on our YouTube channels, as well as our Rumble channels and BitChute, 
and it will also be available on podcast. You can also find us on Twitter and Facebook. Susan, is there anything else you'd like to add? Right. I just want to mention that some very good videos that would be really adjunct to today's program would be the ones that we did on finding the Ten Commandments in the New Testament and how Christ talks about all of the Ten Commandments in the New Testament. And I'll make sure to leave a link for you guys below this video so you can go and check it out. Well, with all of that said, Susan, thank you again. Thank you to all of you for tuning in. And we will talk to you soon. God bless and stay safe.